the best place to find your properties is where you have a competitive advantage. And what I mean by that is you know something that the average investor doesn't know about that. It could be a place that you went to as a kid with your family, little known secret where you know is packed during the season. You would visit a, a, a particular city and you knew that there weren't enough hotels. Just, just some nugget that you know that someone else doesn't will put you way ahead. And so that can be any market in the country. Without Fear of Her Future podcast is for women who are passionately pursuing financial freedom using multiple streams of income and real estate to accomplish their goals. We are here to empower you to be brave, dream big, and design a life that you love that inspires others to do the same. I'm your co-host, Andrea Ingstrom, a real estate investor and business coach and co-founder of The Partnership for Realtors. I'm here with my co-host, Teresa Todd, founder of the Women's Real Estate Investors Network and author of the best-selling book without fear of her future. Over the past two years, Teresa has had nearly 200,000 join her masterclass where she teaches women how to become successful real estate investors. Hey, Teresa. Hey. Hey, I'm so excited. We have a dear friend of mine as a guest today. Monica Ariano is here with us and I'm so excited to welcome her. I am too. She is an absolute rock star. So Putting her business in the hands of someone out of state can be nerve wracking, but yes. Monica has learned how to run a short term rental business in vacation esque markets without even having to live nearby or even in the same state. So, today we are going to talk about how to hire an out of state property manager, how to maximize your bookings, and how to find a profitable market. Hey, Monica. Hey, Andrea. Hi, Teresa. Thank oh you my gosh, me. we are so excited to have you today. So welcome to the podcast. And will you tell our listeners where you are from, where you live, and where you primarily invest? Sure. Well, I am from my hometown, El Paso, Texas. And Texas I currently girl. live in New York. Yeah, that's right. I'm a Texas girl. And so I primarily invest in the Gulf area of Texas as well as the surrounding New York, New Jersey areas. Awesome. And where do you live today? I am in New York City. As you can see in the background, there, there are some high rises. So I'm really here. Beautiful. Wow, Fish out of water, but making it work. <laughs> A Texas girl's made it. Made it when you're living out there with those high rises. I love it. <laughs> it's fun. All well, right. Tell well, us about your life and career. What did it look like before you started investing in real estate? Sure. Well, I was a professional salesperson. I say professional because um, when, when I say salesperson, that could mean anything. But I was in medical sales, just, just like you were, Teresa. Mm -hmm. So I did that for quite a while right after college. UT Longhorns. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, my husband and I decided to start a family. So I did stay home with my three children for quite a while. Um, more than 20 years actually. And wow. so that's, that was my background before becoming a real estate investor. Wow. Awesome. And what made you decide to get into real estate investing? Well, I, I love homes, right? I was the HGTV addict. Uh -huh. uh, and my husband and I were looking for a second home and we just didn't know how to purchase it. We know, we knew that we wanted a beach property that we could use when we wanted to, but we, want, we wanted to rent it, rent it out. Uh, and we just didn't know how to do it. Uh, and, and so 
really God put Teresa's face in front of me on an Instagram ad and the rest was history. I, I said, this, this is it. This is going to, this is going to teach me what I don't know. And sure enough, it was um, everything I needed. Thank so you. You came through the seven day masterclass without fear of her future and then joined the mentorship That's right. and started learning. Did you start right off the bat with short term rentals? I sure did. I sure did. I had been looking for that particular, um, strategy now that I know it's a strategy <laughs> and uh, you really just helped me put the pieces together. And so I was able to acquire my properties pretty, pretty quickly about three months into the mentorship. Yes. And Monica, you and I joined in the same, we went through the same masterclass and then we were in the same um, mentorship. So um, you and I got to know each other pretty well during that time. And I just remember, and um, Teresa, I don't know if you remember this, when when Monica posted the picture of her first short-term yes. rental, we were just like awestruck. We were like, look at this. This is the dream. And she's coming out the gate swinging. Uh, <laughs> you you took a big swing on that first one. And we were, we were just like over the moon for you. So excited. Um, Monica, so tell us what you've been doing in real estate over you know, the past year and a half since since you and I joined. Yeah, thank you. Well, um, I, I mean, it's been amazing in terms of just opening my eyes to what is possible. And just being in the network, I've been able to partner with other like-minded women. And so far, I have two short-term rentals, one property that's about to be built. Um, I've loaned on two other deals. And then I've also... Um, partnered with other women to fund my projects. So right now I'm, I'm sitting at uh, four properties and hopefully that fifth property coming real soon. Yeah. Now, so I just want to say this, when, when we, we are talking short-term rentals, her short-term rentals are not just basic short-term rentals. They are <laughs> amazing. I'll, I do remember that so clearly. It's this turquoise color. It's on the beach in Galveston. Is that right? That particular one you're talking about is, uh, I believe that one is in South Padre, Texas. South Padre, yes. that's right. And I, I, I will never forget, I keep telling you, and I truly mean it, I want to go and stay there. It's absolutely, it's the cutest thing, but it's Please huge. Show. So this, we're not talking about a little short-term rental. We're talking about, tell us a little bit about it. How many, how much does it sleep and give it's, us some details. Sure, sure. It sleeps 22. It is five bedrooms. It has two living areas, two uh, kitchens. It's got uh, a huge outdoor backyard with an outdoor kitchen. It has three uh, primary bedrooms. Uh, yeah, it is. it is, And it's walking distance to the beach, walking distance to all the, all the entertainment. So yeah, it is, it, it's, it's a gem. It it's is. It's a gem. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's so beautiful and it's all, um, it looks like an oasis because you're, there's a pool out back with a little, like an outdoor kitchen out there. So even if you're not on the beach, you feel like you're in a tropical location. It's yes. all decorated with like, um, you know, Mexican flavor uh, decorations. And you just yes. feel like you're like, you definitely, if you're going there and on vacation, you feel like you're on vacation yes. in this house. Thank yes. you. Yeah, that was uh, that was the goal, definitely to make it uh, something different from home, mm -hmm. uh, something Mexico inspired. And it was it was actually perfect because COVID hit and nobody could travel, and mm -hmm. so people could come and feel like they were in Mexico because it, it's just completely decorated in that theme. Oh, oh, cool! Wow, so cool. So, um, so talk to us. Let's talk about um, managing short term rentals. 
out of state because you're in New York City and you have properties in Texas. And that's, you know, that is far away. You can't just <laughs> pop over and make sure that it actually got clean. Um, so so let's talk about that a little bit more. Um, so what is the secret to being able to, to manage a property from such a distance? I, I think really you have to know your market. You have to know what the client is looking for. Uh, and then you have to decide whether or not you want to self-manage or you want to hire a property manager, which you mm -hmm. will have to interview. So really having the right team in place is what I've done to be able to manage it from afar. Yes. So talk, talk to us about how do you select a property manager? Because like you're far away and, and you're not there all the time. So it's, that's such an important decision. Like how do you go about finding the right one? Sure. Well, there are, of course, these larger property management companies, um, mm -hmm. but sometimes they're not in your particular market. For instance, in mine, there weren't any very large major property managers. So I had to interview local property managers. And also uh, because I had a team in place of realtors, I was able to uh, do some networking, get some word of mouth to actually interview the few that I, I wanted to hire. Um, and, and really, I would say you want to ask things like, obviously, what is your fee? What does that include? And how do you get paid? Does the property manager take in all the revenues and then just cut you a check after all the expenses are deducted? Or do you take the revenues and just pay the property manager a fee? Mm -hmm. So um, I would ask those kind of questions. Also, how do you schedule the cleaning? How do you market? What platforms are you on? And also, how interactive can I be as an owner? Because mm. Because I, I want to get things set up correctly, and then I just want it to be a machine, turn key, yes. leave it alone, get that passive income, and move on to the next property. So um, those are really the key things that you want to know about a property manager. Of course, it's the relationship and a good fit in the end. Yes. So tell us, how, to, how often do you have to go check on your properties? Oh, how often do you have to go to the beach, Monica? <laughs> <laughs> go check on this beautiful property. But but in reality, people are busy and they want to know, like, do I have to go every month? Like, how does this work? Right. I mean, I, I think if you have the right team, you don't have to go at all. But of course, that is why I love short-term rentals, because I want to be able to travel to the location where my business is. Mm -hmm. And and so I've personally gone probably three times last year uh, to the beach location uh, mm -hmm. of, of where, where these are. Um, but yeah, you really don't have to babysit it because you are putting in a, a, a business in place, right? You, you have your property manager, you, you have your realtor, you know, you have your deal getter to get really the deals right. Like you're mm -hmm. looking for a deal, so you have your team in place. It's going to run on its own once you get that property management set up or if you decide to self-manage, that's also fine too. But mm -hmm. so from afar, you can do it uh, once you have all that in place. I agree. And I love it because if you want to, I mean, I am all about having someone else oversee your properties because you buy yourself a job 
if you mm -hmm. are the one that's taking care of it. And that's going to be less time that you can spend finding your next deal and, mm -hmm. you know, building this portfolio up. If you're the one that's worried about the guest and having to call that housekeeper and making sure the maintenance is done. So when you can just find that great company that can do all of those things for you and it frees you up, um, that's the key that that's success. And then the other thing that I just always want to mention, because it is a vacation home for us. So finding them in beautiful spots like you have is amazing because now it is a vacation spot for you or even family or, you know, whoever you want to come, but then you're still making money on that vacation spot. So it's really making you money, not just costing you money. That's, and as well as you're building, you're getting, you're making money every single month. That's the now money that I call it because I like to call short-term rentals now and later money, but you're also building wealth for the mm -hmm. long term as you are, you know, bringing in five streams of wealth generation. So especially when you are going into it with the size and, you know, the style that you're doing, you're just doing it big time. So you're really amping everything up. So mm -hmm. I love what you're doing. Thank you. Totally agree. Yes. 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 And, um, and, you know, most business owners, and I love that Teresa, that you called it buying yourself a job. This is what most people <laughs> do when they buy a business or they buy a property. Um, but Monica, you're doing all the right things to put those pieces in place to have a business that truly works without you. And that's, I think, what all of us want. And when we talk about financial freedom, um, I think most of us don't think about buying ourselves a new job. We think about how do I have truly passive income? And so you've made strides. And I'm so excited for our listeners to be able to to learn from what you've learned. So sure, um, sure. I, I do want to say that you want to add to your portfolio because uh, of course I'm just getting started. I have these properties on the coastal areas, but I am looking into adding some of the wintry mm -hmm. areas, to, you know, to offset the season as well as long-term rentals to kind of like uh, just, just stabilize the portfolio. Excellent. And Teresa, you know, I'm not going to let you um, get away with just just mentioning casually five streams of wealth. <laughs> and so for our listeners who are not familiar with with your teachings, would you give us a quick explanation of what are those five streams of wealth? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, one of them is um, the buy. So the pay down of the loan. So obviously you purchase this property, uh, even though you're using the golden formula and you're using, you know, the, the way that we teach you, obviously there's payments that you have to make on this every single month. So you're making those payments, but somebody else is actually making that payment for you because as you receive money that you are using that money to loan pay down. So that is a form of wealth generation as well as it's appreciating. I mean, it, gosh, this property is for sure appreciating. So that's another form. Mm -hmm. And then all the tax benefits are absolutely amazing. People, a lot of people, I certainly didn't know that with, um, with investment properties, there's so many tax benefits that we, you know, can get with these. So there's just so many ways to make money with investments and so many ways just to accumulate wealth um, that you're, you know, as you're paying that down and it's appreciating and all the tax benefits is just, it's just a blessing that so many people really do not know. And it's incredible. 
Mm-hmm. And so those things, in addition to actually getting checks in the mail, because you <laughs> are are renting your property out and they're paying you and it's uh, over and above what your mortgage is. So you're not just accumulating wealth by getting that mortgage paid down and appreciation of property and the tax benefits, but you also are getting money coming in yes. that now, now and later money, that now money. Yes, yes, Absolutely. yes. Awesome. Oh, All and, right. and I, I'm just and the equity grab. That is yeah. whenever you're purchasing it using the golden formula, you are there's instant equity in that thing. So that's mm -hmm. another form. And so it's just and then when you add on that you're buying these properties in a vacation. I mean, hey, if we're gonna add, we could have had say we have six streams because now you also have <laughs> vacation properties that are amazing. So it's incredible. Yeah, it's true. So, Monica, um, one of the things that I think can be really overwhelming to people when they're thinking about short-term rentals is figuring out, well, how do I actually get them, get people to book? Um, so tell us some things that you've learned, some tips about maximizing on your bookings. Sure. So the goal is to fill that calendar, right? You right. want the highest occupancy. So if you think of the calendar kind of like you're trying to fill a jar full of rocks and pebbles and sand, Mm -hmm. um, you want to really think of how best to do that. And so you want rocks to go in first, then pebbles, and then sand. That's going to fill the jar to the max. And likewise, if you're looking at a calendar, you want to fill it with those long seven-day stays or, you know, mm -hmm. five-day stays, things like that. Those are the rocks. And then the mid the mid-level five day, three days, those are your pebbles. And then of course your one and two nights days are the sand. And so that is going to be how you maximize your profits by filling the calendar in that way. And and those those rocks are going to be those far out dates. Mm -hmm. And then those pebbles are going to be more of the, you know, shorter, shorter um, bookings that, that depending mm -hmm. on your market, just how far out they are. And then the very last minute stays are those little sand one or two nights that you want to fill. Mm -hmm. And so can you control that? Um, when So like when somebody's looking out, you know, three or four months from now and they want to book your place, can they book a one night stay? Or is that how you, do you have some controls in place that, that allow those rocks to get in there first? Yeah, it definitely working. And this goes back to the property manager. The property manager mm -hmm. should be doing this. And if not, then, you know, you're going to want to bring it up. Um, and it, it depends on the market and it depends on the type of short-term rental. For instance, my house is not available for a one-night stay. It's not mm -hmm. even available for a two-night stay. It's just too big to turn mm -hmm. over in in one night. So right. if I had a a small condo, a studio, I would offer the one or two nights. So it just depends on the market and the actual property. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, so you and I have had some candid conversations um, about um, some of the struggles. And so that's that's part of what I, I want to be able to allow our listeners to learn from too, is what are some of the challenges? So um, have you had any struggles with trusting someone to manage your short-term rentals from, from a distance? Tell us about that. Sure, sure. Um, I actually did have to fire a property manager. I did go to see my property with my family over Christmas. And um, on the way out, I, I did mention that I did notice that the toilet paper roll holder had fallen out of the wall. Uh -huh. And they said, sure, we'll take care of it. Literally just a hole that needed to just be spackled, painted, they had the materials on hand mm -hmm. and then I got a bill for it and it was $375. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <And> it, <laughs> it doesn't sound like a lot, but for 
a tiny little hole. And I know nothing about patching things up and whatnot, but I know it's not $375. <laughs> and so I started looking at my books and I started noting, noticing a lot of fees, uh, maintenance charges that were being charged mm-hmm. against the revenues. And it was really whittling down the profits. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it didn't matter if the relationship was great or, mm-hmm. you know, everything else was out the window because I just I just could not um, continue with that relationship. So I, I had to fire that property manager. It was it was hard, but mm-hmm. I'm a boss now. So I had to learn really quickly <laughs> how to do that. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that that was a struggle. Um, mm-hmm. It was hard to do. Yeah, I'm sure. And so did you hire a new property manager or how did you manage that? Absolutely. I did hire a new property manager, someone I work well with, someone who was experienced, uh, came on a referral. I did interview her extensively, asked all the questions, and she is doing amazing. The property is doing amazing with her. So really, really happy. Awesome. Okay. So for our listeners, like, let's give them some some more details. How, what are those questions specifically that you would ask when you're interviewing a new, a new property manager? Sure. Well, like I said, first thing is, what is the fee? What is it going to? How interactive am I going to be? Are you going to take your fees up front off the revenues and then just send in the pay the the profits to me? Or am I going to have control of those revenues and I'll pay you a fee? And, and sometimes if we want to be passive about it, it's better to let it go with with the, with the property manager to collect those revenues and then just send me a check. But uh, if, if it's a new property and you're trying to set it up, or if you've had some issues like I had with that previous property manager, you want to make sure you have some control and set it up right. So you want to you want to ask questions about how interactive you can be with the property. Mm-hmm. You want to ask things like, um, who's going to pay for the marketing cost of putting it on all these platforms, VRBO and Airbnb and such. Um, you want to ask about the cleaning crew and and are they employees? Um, mm-hmm. uh, you, you you want to ask about how they respond to the guests when they someone books. Are they on an automated system or or are they actually saying hi? How are you? My name is you know whatever and welcoming the guest personally. So things like that are important and and you just want to understand how well they also know the market and mm-hmm. and the pricing. So. Um, a lot of things, but those are the main things that you want to to know before you hire mm-hmm. that property manager. And do you have any must-have qualifications, uh, ex- level of experience, or some kind of proven success, or referrals, or? Yeah, you definitely want an experienced property manager because mm-hmm. there are so, and the market is, and not only is the market changing, but all. VRBO changes constantly, and so does Airbnb and all these other websites. They're constantly updating their rules, their fees, and so you want somebody who's on top of it. It's not just, um, it's not an easy job, and it is a job, and it's a full-time job, and one that I don't want because <laughs> I am an investor. Um, but but yeah, so the relationship is key, the experience, uh, the honesty. Mm-hmm. I mean. Th- I guess those are the the must haves, really. Yeah, I I agree, and I would <clears throat> I would add um, the housekeeping is so important because everything is based on reviews. So I know whenever I have a new short term rental, if it's local, if it's someplace that I can go, I actually like to meet the person who is going to be cleaning my property or the manager of that person anyway, and uh-huh. walk them through exactly what I expect. If it is out of town, I have an extensive list. Um, 
because you just can't leave anything out. I want every single drawer and cabinet in that property opened because you never know yes. what the last guest may have left, you know, um, dirty pots and pans under the cabinet or, you know, I know sugar had fallen, you know, they had gotten sugar one time in a drawer and they, and my housekeeper missed it. And then of course there's ants and the new guest, you know, so you learn as you, the longer you do this, what, oh, I need to add that to that list. So I think it's so important. Because once you have that set in place and you have someone that really understands how important cleanliness is and, and maintenance are so imperative to getting good reviews and keeping your place booked up. So um, obviously you can use, you know, I'm a big fan of Evolve to to handle property management of all of our smaller ones, but they, they are not really great at handling the kind of properties that Monica has because mm -hmm. she needs much more hands-on, you know, so you definitely have to find really a, like a private company that deals with really high-end homes. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the, and you're right, the reviews on the clean, the cleanliness of the place, um, I mean, somebody found sand inside the mat, uh, not the mattress, sorry, the, the sofa, and they complained about it. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, that one star was gone because there was sand inside the sofa. So <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Make sure those cleaning people absolutely check that sofa yep. every time now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so funny. And stuff that you don't even think of. If we were having guests over, we wouldn't think to pull our co couch cushions out and Absolutely. vacuum underneath them. But you never know when somebody's looking for looking for something to fuss about. Um, and you got to get ahead of it. Yep. Um, so how do you pick a market? Monica, how did you decide like where to invest? Like what's a, what's some good criteria for you for selecting a profitable market? Sure, sure. Um, of course, being a Texas girl, I was, I was starting in Texas, but I'm up here in New York and it's not uh, great for investors because of the high entry cost. Mm -hmm. um, however, I have found some properties. What I would say is the best place to find your properties is where you have a competitive advantage. And what I mean by that is, you know, something that the average investor doesn't know about that. It could be a place that you went to as a kid with your family for a vacation, you know, and it's like this little known secret where, you know, is packed during the season. Mm -hmm. um, or, uh, you know, you, you, you would visit a, a, a particular city and you knew that there weren't enough hotels. Just, just some nugget that you know that someone else doesn't will put you way ahead. And so mm -hmm. that can be any market in the country. So where you can find a competitive advantage. And if you don't know anything about the market, when I came up to New York, I didn't know anything. You get to know the market. You you talk to those local property managers and you ask them because, and they're going to want to do business with you because they want you to hire them. So mm -hmm. they will tell you, oh, this is what sells in this market. This is what what you need to have. These are the top properties. All the all that information um, will give you that knowledge to get you that competitive advantage that no one else has taken the time to. Yep, you know, love it. Mm -hmm. So let's talk more about um, competitive advantage. How do you make sure that if there's lots of properties that are on Airbnb in your in your area where you're investing, how do you make sure they pick yours? Like, what are some of the things you can do to to look better or or sound better than everybody else? 
Well, the photos are everything. They yeah. really, really are. Uh, and I would say hire. Again, the property manager is going to take care of a lot of this. But if you are getting that property up and running, I, w- I would definitely hire a copywriter. Because mm-hmm. we all think we know what sounds good. But really, you got you got to leave it to the professionals. A professional photographer, a professional copywriter, that is going to make your property stand out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's key. And so when you're a new property, these platforms like Airbnb and VRBO, they want to showcase these new properties. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that and that's it's almost like that first impression you get mm-hmm. one chance mm-hmm. so when you're new you want it perfect you get it up there and you start getting clicks you start getting inquiries you start getting bookings and that is going to keep you on the front page yes yes um any tips about the type of decor or like you know because i need i know some people you know think well they're just it's home away from home and so they want it to look like somebody's home but i love that you didn't necessarily go that route you're like i want it to look like they're on vacation and have something special going on here so any tips for for making yours stand out from a decor standpoint you hit the nail on the head you really want to be different because when people go on vacation they want something different mm-hmm. uh and and so you I don't want to say picking a cheesy theme, but I'm saying uh, make it where it's special, where it's not going to be um, something that they, you know, somebody's house. It, it, you want something comfortable and cozy, but also unique. And, yeah. and that's really going to get your rankings up there to be unique. Mm-hmm. And something that you love, you know, that's what I do. I I have a look that I love. You know, I always go for a boutique look. So, and it doesn't cost me a lot of money, but you could just, you know, do some special things with, with color, pops of color and something fun. And I've, you know, if you're in Disney, you will see that they have, there's lots of short-term rentals that has a princess theme or, yeah. the, you know, the Marvel comics or in Nashville, it'll be, you know, the Johnny Cash house or the Dolly Parton house. So you can just, so obviously where the location is, uh-huh. Monica is at the beach. So she went with that whole, you know, beautiful Mexican vibe. So there's just so many different things that you can do. So just use your creativity and um, that's what's going to draw people in. Don't go with just a boring old traditional look. People want something fun. When That's what's going to make them also book your place first and be willing to spend a little more money mm-hmm. on something that is going to be a little more fun than just the average place. Even if, if they could get it for 30 or $40 a night cheaper, they're willing to pay a little more for something fun. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And, and fun can also be luxurious. I yes. mean, not, not everybody you know, has a very swanky, modern or, or very cush little place. And so that is also a theme is, is absolutely a very bougie Mm -hmm. place to, to be comfortable and relax. Yeah. Yep. And I think one of the things I love about about your place down there is that it's not just that you like, you know, went to Hobby Lobby or something and picked out some, (laughs) uh, you know, art that looks like it's got a, a a theme from Mexico, but like your furniture looks authentic and mm-hmm. it's like, it's like high end feeling, even though it's yeah. in this theme. And so a theme doesn't have to feel chintzy or cheap. It can actually be done very well. Yeah. And um, yes. yeah. yeah. The, and, and quality is important because even if it weren't like this, um, 
luxury place, you still want quality. You want commercial grade because you don't want to be replacing a couch mm-hmm. every yeah. year. And and mm-hmm. and these homes do uh, get a lot of traffic. And so yeah. you definitely want well-built furniture, a lot of seating. Um, yeah, absolutely want quality. Yep. I agree. Awesome. Well, Monica, you know, we mentioned earlier that you and I joined the mentorship with Teresa at the same time. Um, but I'd love to hear from you. What was one of the most helpful things to you in joining the Women's Real Estate Investors Network? I mean, the number one thing is the network. It's mm. really the group of women, the camaraderie, the the excitement over investing and, and really uh, partnering to accomplish each other's goals. I couldn't have done any of this without my Rain sisters. It, it's just, Teresa, what you've created here is just an amazing, um, an amazing movement, an yeah. amazing opportunity. Uh, thank you so much. Well, you ladies are what have made it amazing. And it's so fun. And I, I want to go back do, just hearing you say that because you've also been a private money lender. So not only have you purchased these investments for yourself and you're making money that way, but you're also now lending money to other women in the network and you're making a very good return on that money. But you're also helping another woman's dreams come true. And that's what I love when you are lending to someone that doesn't, you know, she has more time than money, but you're lending to her again. You're making very good return on your money, but you're, she gets now a start and she gets to do something that she would have never been able to do. So that is one of my favorite things about the network is watching. It does not matter what your economic level is. There is a way to become a successful real estate investor, especially when you have a network like the Women's Real Estate Investors Network. Yeah, it, it, you're right. It's been wonderful investing in other women and seeing their uh, their ideas just blossom. And yes. uh, you know, they're they're profiting. They're paying me. It's a win win. Really yes. Is. Yes. Awesome. Well, Monica, you've done some amazing things. Um, tell us about your goals for the future. What is next for you? I really, um, I, I, it's funny because when people ask me what I do, I don't know why, but I started saying I'm a real estate developer. Yes. And I think it's because that, that is really the dream. I, I love communities and I, I really want to put neighborhoods together and not just suburban where we have lived in Texas, but yeah, you know, um, I was looking at uh, putting together a multifamily here in New York, and mm-hmm. I was looking at developing also a, a beach community. So, um, and the suburban. So, basically, I just want to develop. I want to develop communities. That is that is my dream. Ooh. I love it. I can't wait to see what you do. <laughs> yes. Well, Monica, we always like to ask our guests for three takeaways. So what are three things that you would advise an investor or entrepreneur who's looking to be brave and grow or is perhaps feeling stuck where they are? Okay. Well, so I, I would say uh, the opportunity is there and opportunity is everywhere. But the one thing is Absolutely. How you buy is going to set everything up. Mm -hmm. So you've got to stick to the foundational teachings. You've got to buy 70 cent at the 70 cent rule or better. So it's Mm -hmm. how you buy. Make sure you buy right. Mm -hmm. Yes. The second thing is I I would um, just, I would say, think of the other person when you partner, you Mm. you want to have a a good fit, like-minded individuals, um, you know, if, if, 
if, if God is first in your life, then partner with someone who is God first. Um, mm. it, it, it'll make things easy. Uh, and then the last thing is um, uh, absolutely the sky's the limit. Really, you can do it. The teachings are phenomenal. If you ever feel like you don't know what to do, go back to the teachings because, Teresa, you cover the gamut on everything real estate investing. It, it is there. So you have the tools. Go do it. If you don't know, ask someone. Like Our, our network is so strong. So really, those are the three big things that, that I've learned um, as a real estate investor. Well, kudos to you. You have been amazing. It's fun to watch you. And again, I can't wait to see what you do in the future. You are dreaming big. You are being brave. And you are living without fear of your future, Monica. Thank you, Teresa. Thank you. Yes, Monica, thank you so much for joining us today. This is I love awesome. here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. On behalf of the Women's Real Estate Investors Network and Teresa Todd, I'm Andrea Ingstrom, encouraging you to be brave and dream big. Mm -hmm.